Welcome to the UMMC Bible Study Podcast, a podcast produced with students at UMMC. My name is Tim Chen, and I'm a former graduate of the UMC Medical School. Currently, I'm a family physician practicing in Mississippi. The goal of our podcast is to help our students and their families grow closer with the Lord and stronger in their faith and walk with God. With the rigors of school, it can be difficult to spend time with the Lord as well as fellowship with other believers. We hope that this podcast uplifts you during this challenging time and encourages you in your journey with God. Well, hallelujah, Christian. We are going on in the book of Galatians, specifically in Galatians chapter 3. And I'm really excited because I think last week we spoke about how we're starting to get to some really experiential parts of Galatians. Christian, do you mind giving us a small recap of what happened last week? Sure. Uh, Last week we started out in the beginning of Galatians 3, and there's a contrast between the hearing of faith and the works of the law. So again, Paul was strongly speaking to the Galatian believers. Did you begin, having begun by the Spirit, are you now trying to work out your own salvation just through the, the works of the law? So uh, they, were, they were distracted from trying to fulfill the requirements of the law and distracted from living by faith, enjoying the Spirit. So that was kind of where we were last week. And I think we were really enjoying the matter of hearing of faith and how it's so important for us to be surround ourselves with God's Word, God's speaking, to infuse us with faith uh, in our Christian walk. That's a perfect and great introduction, Christian, and exactly what I really appreciated. I really like this Verse here, verse 9. So I'll go ahead and read it. This is verse 9 in chapter 3 of Galatians. It says, So then those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. So essentially what that verse there is emphasizing is that we all know that Abraham was one that was called by God. In fact, Abraham and his Abrahamic race was the one that was chosen by God. And of course, there were things that were very distinct to that race. The circumcision, uh, the specific way to eat certain foods that were clean and not. Of course, the law was another thing that separated the people of Abraham from the Gentiles. But here in chapter 3, Paul is making this clear. The things of the law is not what makes you a seed of Abraham but it is one of faith. Another thing though, Christian, I wanted to bring out, and this is what we'll be really getting into today, is the story of Abraham. So here, Paul in Galatians chapter three is talking about Abraham. And specifically, two things about Abraham. So one thing they bring in in Galatians chapter three is this matter of the seed. But the second thing he brings in is the promise. So Christian, do you mind speaking about what the seed is? And then also reading verse 14, and we'll really dig into what is the promise of Abraham. I'll read verse 16, actually, regarding the seed. 
But to Abraham were the promises spoken into his seed. He does not say into the seeds as concerning many, but as concerning one, into your seed, who is Christ. And then verse 14 says, uh, in order that the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So, um, yeah, I like how you, you mentioned during this part of Galatians 3, Paul is actually, he's actually interpreting the Old Testament, the story of Abraham, and making it very practical. Uh, and we'll see that even, I think, in the next chapter, he further interprets the situation with Abraham and, and, his, and his wife and, and that situation. All a picture of, of the law versus faith and our flesh versus the spirit. So anyway, in these verses, two things, right? There's the seed and then there was the promise of the spirit. So I think these are, we'll see, are actually quite practical to us. Absolutely, Christian. And I'm glad you read verse 16, because a lot of times there's things in the Bible that require interpretation. And then there are times where the Bible is pretty straightforward. And so in verse 16, he's already telling you, we know Isaac was born from Abraham, but Isaac is actually just a type. Isaac is a picture. Isaac is a picture of Christ. So Christ is the seed and when the lord spoke something to abraham concerning in you will all the nations be blessed so essentially saying all the gentiles will be blessed in abraham how is that possible we weren't born of the jewish background but what god was saying is christ is the seed that came out of abraham and in christ we're all blessed in Christ, we are now ones not born into the Abrahamic race, but we're the ones born again as ones living in faith, as ones that are now part of Abraham because we're all part of the faith, because we're all born again in Christ, which is amazing and awesome and deserves a million hallelujahs. Because Christian, to be honest, we had no hope. We could try, we can try to keep the law, we can try to do all the customs of the Jews if we wanted to, but none of that would qualify us to be ones that inherited the promise of Abraham. But praise the Lord, through the Lord, and through the revelation that Paul points out here, we all have access as ones living by faith to become true heirs with Abraham. Now, the second thing that you brought out in verse 14, and this is what we spend most of our time on, Christian, is this matter of the blessing of Abraham. You know, Christian, what the blessing of Abraham was in the Old Testament was the land. You can read the Old Testament carefully, and you can see that the land is actually central to everything that God was doing in the Old Testament. You can see them fight their way into the good land, after Moses and Joshua, you can see them fall out of the good land because of their sin, but then instantly there will be ones that realize we have to go back. We have to go to the land. And even today in modern history, there is still a battle for the land. 
if you turn on CNN every couple of months, there'll be a battle with Israel and the Palestinians for that land. Okay, but Christian, according to this verse, it's not a land. It's not a physical piece of land. In fact, again, no need to interpret this. What Paul says here is, is the blessing of Abraham is the promised spirit. So how amazing is that, Christian? What any, any thoughts you have about this, about the promise not being actual physical land, but actually the spirit? You know, it's only God could have wrote, written the Bible. <laughs> we actually, we can see that this land that was promised to Abraham, the land of Canaan, this land that was, that's today's Israel, actually in typology, you see in the Old Testament, it talks about the land as the good land. And somehow the Apostle Paul saw this later on in the book of Colossians. He talks about Christ uh, as our allotted portion of the, of the land. And so Paul begins to draw this, this connection between the good land being a picture of Christ. And there's so much to be said about that. I think the point there is it just really reinforces that there's so many ways to experience and enjoy Christ. But at least here in Galatians, Paul then makes the jump because although Christ objectively is the one that we're enjoying, but subjectively and practically the one that we experience is the spirit. They're one and the same. So here Paul says that the, the blessing of Abraham was the promise of the spirit. So I don't I don't know if we've if I can do we'll do justice for what Paul's seen here, but I think in application to us in our experience, it's it's a wonderful thing that we as Gentiles uh, have received the spirit. And um, this is the real blessing that we, the Gentiles, we've actually, we've received God. Yeah. Amen, Christian. Well, and here is a, a part that I actually want to bring out because there's been a lot of expositors trying to define exactly what the spirit is. And I want to actually give it a shot. And I want everyone to hear me carefully because I don't want to sound like a heretic. But what I want to do is speak from the Bible. The Spirit of God has been around from the beginning. We know in Genesis chapter 1, it says the Spirit of God was brooding or hovering over the waters of the deep. We also know that the Spirit is the third of the Trinity. And He will be there with the Son and with the Father, and they're one, and they're three, and they're one. And it is a great mystery. But the spirit here that Paul is talking about it is not just the spirit of God. So hear me out, hear me out here. In Philippians, Paul refers to the spirit as the spirit of Jesus Christ. In Romans, multiple times, Paul will refer to the spirit as the spirit of Jesus or the spirit of Christ. Now, we might read that verse over and over and just kind of glance over it and say, oh, okay, that's interesting, he says, the Spirit of Jesus Christ. But really, if you look in your own experience, and I look in my own experience, 
It's easy for me to think, well, the Son, Jesus, is in the heavens. And now the third of the Trinity, the Spirit, is here. And the Spirit is just some kind of nebulous comforter that's supposed to help me in my daily difficulties and comfort me when I'm sad. And, or maybe if you're Pentecostal, they give you power and you speak in tongues and do all these things, right? But I actually want to bring this out because in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, which we talked about this in our Philippians series, Paul says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, that I may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Now, Christian, how in the world can we know the power of his resurrection? How can we share in his sufferings? How can we become like him in his death? How can we know him He's if he's sitting up there in the heavens? What Paul is saying here is that the Spirit now contains the Lord's resurrection. The Spirit now contains the Lord's death. The Spirit contains everything, all the suffering that the Lord went through. When he died on the cross and he resurrected, he brought all those experiences to the Spirit. And when the Spirit was poured out in Acts, it was something richer than just, well, that's the third of the Trinity being poured out. But this Spirit has the Lord's resurrection power, has the Lord's death. In Romans, remember we read, it says, if you by the Spirit put to death the practices of the flesh. That's in, I believe, Romans chapter 8. Where did that death come from? That death was what the Lord experienced on the cross, and that experience can now be ours. So you see, Christian, and that was just a little tidbit. If you really want to get to it, you really have to dig into a lot of commentary. But again, what we're seeing here is when Paul says the promise of Abraham is a spirit and how crucial we saw that the land was in the Old Testament, this is why. The Spirit is so crucial to us because in the Spirit, Christian, how can I put to death my anger? How can I put to death my habits, my biases? How can God's resurrection power uplift my human virtues to what He was on the earth at that time? It's only through the Spirit. And thank God that everything the Lord Jesus went through is now in the Spirit and accessible to us. Yeah, thanks for speaking all that, Tim. Um, I was just thinking and realizing it really is a blessing and and it's such a wonderful thing that we've been able to receive the Spirit and not just the Spirit of God in a general sense, but... Uh, as you're saying, this spirit that, that Paul talks about, it's, it's one that makes God real to us, right? I, I believe in John 14 and 15, the Lord said, I said, I will spend, send to you a comforter, and this one's a spirit of reality. So in this way, God can become real to us, and he's becoming real to us with the, with the elements of, of death and resurrection, a good kind of death to kill the negative things and and the resurrection to to bring us out of all of our dead situations uh, 
the Lord only knows how much resurrection we need every every day. So anyway, pr- praise Him for uh, for becoming such a spirit. Amen. Amen, Christian. Well, I'll just wrap it up here, which is, you know, Christian, the Jewish people give everything they have for that land. Even you read Daniel in the Babylonian world, right? It says three times a day, he opened his windows toward Jerusalem. He was a powerful man already in those days in Babylon. And he could have just stayed there, been very powerful, influential. He could have even maybe practiced his Judaism in Babylon and be perfectly happy. But something inside Daniel pointed him back toward that land. And of course, Nehemiah and Ezra and all these went back to the land to rebuild the temple that was in ruin at that time. And again, Nehemiah was a cupbearer for the emperor of Persia. So these weren't, they could have been very happy where they were enjoying a good life full of riches and things like that. But there was something in them that drew them back to the land. I'm afraid in my own experience, I don't view the spirit that importantly. You know, in my experience, again, I just view the spirit as something that's very abstract that I need. And every once in a while, I really enjoy the spirit, but I don't really know what to do with the spirit. But the view that the Jewish people had of the land should really be our view of the spirit, how central it is. You think about it, they lived, eat, breathe, drink, worked, labored, did everything on that land. And in parallel, We need to eat, drink, breathe, live, labor, rest in the spirit every single day. And in our experience too, it's easy sometimes to fall away, to be captured into Babylon, right? To be captured uh, into the worldly situation. Doesn't mean you ever lose your salvation, but in that time, practically you and the Lord might not have a lot to do with one another. But... The Lord can always touch our heart to go back, to really turn to the Spirit, to again, eat, drink, rest, sleep, enjoy, labor, work on the Spirit. So anyway, Christian, I really appreciated today's fellowship. Any closing thoughts you have? I'm with you, Tim. Let's uh, let's continue to progress in our experience of the Lord as a Spirit and maybe be more real to us even this next week. Amen. Amen, Christian. Thanks so much for your time. Amen.